0: And now, here's your host, Seth Green.
1: Welcome to the Direct Response Podcast. This is your host, Seth Green. Today, I have the awesome good fortune to be interviewing Michael O'Neill from SolopreneurHour.com and the Solopreneur Podcast. Michael was born in Toledo, Ohio, but is a current resident of San Diego. Uh, His grammar school report cards, always read, doesn't live up to his potential and talks too much. I think a bunch of us could probably relate to that. One of those pieces would come in handy as he is now the founder and host of the award-winning and much acclaimed business and entertainment podcast, The Solopreneur Hour with Michael O'Neill. The show in just two years has already garnered more than six million downloads. That is a staggering number, monetized to over 500,000 features lively and highly engaging conversations between Michael and his various and much-sought-after guests who share remarkable stories, advice, and practical tips for an audience that badges itself as proudly unemployable and highly motivated to finally take care of, take charge of their own lucrative business pursuits. He's got an extensive professional background in formal education in social media, branding, web, print design, network marketing, and internet marketing. His own personal journey that led to the launch of the podcast started with the untimely and back-to-back loss of his parents, a transformational trip throughout Europe as part of his grieving process, and the creation and production of another high-profile podcast focused on personal transformation called The Kick-Ass Life. He is a professional drummer, car racer, competitive racquetball player, and a former expert mountain bike racer with a penchant for stand-up comedy. Michael likes to get out with his dog, Dexter, and live the life of time freedom, location freedom, and financial freedom. Michael, thank you so much for joining us today.
2: Thanks for having me. I'm... (laughs) I uh, When I send that bio, I, I it's not meant to be read in its entirety. So I'm sitting here cringing, listening to my entire life story being relayed back to me. So I apologize to everyone who just had to endure all of that.
1: That's all right. Uh, I did not realize I, we weren't supposed to go exactly with the bio. It's okay. Um, yeah, I just figured, you know,
2: you pick and choose. and, and, and I and,
1: thought it was all so incredible. I didn't want to leave any of it out. <laughs>
2: That's good. Arts right, so are fine. I'll just have to. I just have to wash my ooginess off of hearing all that about myself.
1: Anyway, how are you? I am good. How are you doing? I'm
2: great, sunny, sunny here in San Diego. Tough to complain.
1: Yeah, I, I, I bet. Um, now, um, how did you get started with the solo? Let's let's talk about the Solopreneur Hour podcast. How did you get started doing that?
2: I was uh, working behind the scenes of uh, another show that you just mentioned called The Kick Ass Life with David Wood, and um, we had prided ourselves on recording shows literally from all over the world because David was a big world traveler, and he would uh, you know up he he would bring his little Zoom H4 recorder with him and would upload a show like into Dropbox and we would make it happen. So we recorded shows from all over the world, and um, he was actually climbing Mount Kilimanjaro. He was in Africa. And he was completely and utterly off the radar. We, we had planned for it. We thought we'd be able to do it. It didn't work out. And all of a sudden, Thursday came around, and we had no show. So I jumped on the mic, and I recorded about a 45-minute show on social media, which I'd been doing a lot of training on in that time. And um, it was I found it to be very comfortable and very natural and very easy. And then I had a bunch of feedback. From the show that were like, hey, why don't you do this more? So I, um, so I, I had a lunch with a uh, guy named Pat Flynn who runs a company called Smart Passive Income. Yeah. Um, it's a great website if you guys don't know it already. Um, and we'd had lunch here in San Diego for a couple hours, and we talked about everything but the kind of stuff that he was known about. Uh, you know this. It was not about his business or his brand. It was about life and relationships and everything around our business. And he, when we left there, he said, dude, thank you. I never get to do that. And I go, what? He goes, I never get to talk about like anything real. It's always SPI. It's always smart passive income. It's always, you know, actionable content, this and that. And I said, hmm, what an interesting idea for a show. What if I did a show and I just talked to the people that were, that were you know, uh, no." had some notoriety of some sort and we didn't necessarily focus on the 10 things they can do to improve your business, but just we'd really talk to them about who they were and that, that is essentially what the show became about. It was, it was, uh, an idea of, let me get to know the the person behind this, um, behind this brand. And in doing so, as people hear them and relate to them, they go, wait a second, I was in that exact same position last year. And here's the decisions they made. And look where they look where it's gotten. So it really ended up being a... Um, I sort of Trojan horse the actionable content on them. But I don't focus on that. I focus on entertainment. And I want the show to be interesting uh, at first. And that's kind of the premise of the show.
1: What do you wish you knew when you started that you know now?
2: Um, I would say that... Well, I don't know. I, I felt like I, I had a pretty good grasp going into it. I, I had a nice launch. Um, maybe just the the voice side. I I think it, this is hard to it, it's hard to manufacture, but I think people really have to find their own voice when, when it comes to their their brands and their podcasts and their blogs and things like that. And I think it's difficult to do at the beginning because you feel like you have to mimic somebody else's success. And that's not. Um, When you when you look at media in general and you look at the icons of media, you can't put two of them together and go, oh, they're exactly like each other. This one's just like this one. They're all pretty unique and they all have their own unique voices. So whether that's, you know, radio personalities or TV personalities or movie stars or whatever, um, they have their they have their own voice. And so that usually gets developed over time. I just think knowing that and not being afraid of it would, would, would would have been helpful for sure.
1: Um, you have had some incredible guests on your show. What have been uh, some of the biggest lessons you've learned from them?
2: Well, I mean, I've had 400 shows, so you might have to be more specific, no, I, Seth.
1: <laughs> let's take the last, five, let, let, the last few.
2: Uh, okay, let me uh, let me see who they were <laughs> as they as it all blends. Um, let's see who do we got. Let I me mean, who do we have here? Who can who can trigger my brain? You know how this is. You, you do shows all the time. They all they all blend because I'm doing this and I also have just launched another show with a, a, a NFL player named Heinz Ward. So we're we're ten episodes into that show. Uh, let's see. Oh, you know, um, okay, yeah, a couple of great ones. Um, David Nihill. Actually, this is the number one. This is the, this is maybe the number one lesson anybody could learn. Anyway, um, David Nihill wrote a book called "Do You Talk Funny?" and he's an Irish guy. He's got a funny accent. Uh, funny accent, And today is St. Patrick's Day, by the way. Yep. Uh, and <clears throat> his whole brand is, if you are terrified of public speaking or you do any kind of public speaking, let me show you seven ways to make it more entertaining. Because it really it's humor is why people remember a story generally. Right. So when you think about the best speakers, you know, there's an element of funny in there. And that's I, the same exact thing goes for podcasting. If it's not entertaining, people won't care. People will stop listening, or they won't continue to listen. It has to be entertaining first. So whether you're speaking on a podcast, or you know, blogging, or are uh, public speaking, focus on being entertaining first. When you're entertaining, people pay attention. When people pay attention, they learn the thing you're trying to learn. So that's the number one piece of advice I've gotten from the last five shows.
1: That is great advice. Very helpful. What have, what has surprised you about the show the most?
2: Um. Well, it's it's always fun. I, I always enjoy it. Um, yesterday, I did this show. That's maybe one of my favorite shows I've ever done. Which was I went when I went through all the current social media tools that people are using: Snapchat and Anchor and Periscope and and of course the the classics and Facebook and Twitter and those kinds of things. And when to use them, how to use them, why to use them, what, what for. And I thought, and this happens all the time to me, I thought the show was going to be a quick little 20-minute solopreneur hour, which happens, you know. But it happens rarely because I've never been accused of brevity. I, uh, <laughs> I, I I always end up, like, looking down at my my Zoom recorder going, oh, I just did an hour five. I thought I was going to do 24 minutes of this really super quick Q&A episode, and that never happens. So, Um, I would say that I still, I love it. I I really, really enjoy it. And I think that happens because I worked so hard on the brand of the show and and making it something that was so unique to me. And when that, when you can do that, then it's a joy. It's a joy to quote unquote, go to work each day. And that's, I think the, the biggest surprise.
1: With all the success you've achieved, what are, what's your biggest challenge now?
2: I'd say the – focusing on the things that aren't as fun is the biggest challenge for me because I'm not – I wouldn't – when you you speak to a lot of people that are into podcasting, their their show is a part of their funnel. They have a coaching – they have something. They've got something they're selling on the other end, and that's the means to the end to get there. Um, Now, of course, I say that I do actually have a coaching group, but – it's not my primary focus. If I didn't, it would be okay. Uh, my, my show is the end of my funnel. So, and it's the thing that I really love. I love speaking into the microphone. I love doing shows like this, Seth. It's really fun for me. And outside of that, I don't love any of the marketing stuff. I love designing stuff because I was a designer for 18 years before I did podcasting and that kind of thing. So I like the, I like making t-shirts and, 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 you know, logos and things like that. But But um, when it comes to, you know, I need to focus on building my mailing list and then, you know, doing, you know, building my funnel out and autoresponders and all that kind of stuff. I don't I don't that's the biggest challenge for me because it's something I don't genuinely enjoy.
1: How do you I mean, you've. Got a staggering number of downloads and listeners, um, and monetization. How do you manage the financial aspects of your business, and how are some of the different ways you've monetized the show?
2: I don't involve too many people in that, so I just do. I just do it myself. Um, you know, I I uh, I like to automate as much as I can from a financial standpoint in terms of getting my bills paid and that kind of thing. Um, not my strong suit, by the way. My, the, the financial side of all, any of this is not really my strong suit. I just, you know, put money away, and and I don't do a lot of investing. Uh, when I do, it's usually in a vintage watch or a vintage car, um, which both appreciate in value, and I have more more um, interest in than than like a stock or or a four hundred one k. So, um, what was the second question? Sorry, that was the first part. Ways you're
1: monetizing.
2: Oh, um, so the lowest hanging fruit i would say for anybody that that starts a business is if you're good at doing a thing. And so if you are an excel spreadsheet master for your your career then viably you can create some kind of uh training for people that they can be excel spreadsheet masters as well. that's a thing that you can do pretty easily. and that was the first thing for me that um that Came to me, so I had probably forty or fifty people that emailed me from my listener base in the first three months and said, "Hey, do you do any coaching?" And I said, "I don't. It's I, it's not anything I had aspired to." But after you get that forty or fifty times, you think, "Wait a second. There's a model here. There's something I could probably do." And and I always loved it. So I love speaking from stage and I love teaching people stuff. So all right, let me let me talk about it. So I did. I I uh, did these little fifteen minute Skype phone calls with anybody that claimed they were interested in, in coaching with me. And we talked for a little bit. And at the end of that, I said, hey, are you a, a definite yes, a definite no, or a definite maybe to join my little coaching group if I do it? Uh, and I got enough of those. I think I got about 17 yeses out of 40. And then out of the 17, the day I launched, I think 12 of them actually joined. So um, it was like, okay, so I'm in. I, I'm in business now. And that was the first time. So that was, you know, they were paying 300 bucks a quarter to be in this group that I call Sololab, which is still here. Uh, it's Iwantsololab.com. Plug, plug, plug. Um, and I think I'd made, you know, whatever it was, I made like 3500 bucks that day. I was like, wow, okay, so this is a thing. I can totally do this. And what I'd done is I said, if anybody, like the first 10 people that sign up, I'll give you two 30-minute coaching calls that come along with this thing. And what I found is that I enjoyed those one-on-one coaching calls so much that I just included it in Solo Lab. So that's what that's what it became is a couple calls per quarter. And then we have a private Facebook group. and We do Google Hangouts and stuff like that. And so I I loved it. So that that grew from, you know, 12 people to I think I was up to 83 at some point. Um, I like to keep it around 50 because that's a good manageable number that I because I'm, I'm doing it's me. It's like you're you're getting a lot of me. And I do my calls Mondays and Fridays and then the Google Hangout on Wednesdays. So. It's like it's one of the, the unique ones, I think, in this space because they are actually getting me doing the one-on-one coaching versus you know kind of a, a an outsourced version. Do you do any coaching with anybody, Seth? Yes. Okay. Yes, we
1: do. Yeah. And as the coach, or everybody the... gets everybody gets me. Yes. Right.
2: Hmm. So you do it as the coach? Do you do, do you do any as the learner as well?
1: Oh, absolutely. Yes, I okay. am an avid student. Yeah,
2: that's and you have to be, don't you?
1: I think so. To stay on top of all of this,
2: that's right. You really have to be. So, um, so that was the first step. And then a few months later, I think about seven or eight months in, um, when I started getting my numbers started going up pretty significantly. Uh, I was getting to uh, what was I about twenty? I think about twenty thousand downloads a day. And then I and I got um, I got you know I started getting sponsors that that came. Um, and I went through a, a, a few months of, like, just railing on sponsors, meaning I had, like, three or four sponsors per episode, and, I, you know, it was great. Money, Financial is great, but I didn't love it. So now I kind of just do one sponsor per episode, um, and it's okay, and I don't mind that so much. Um, I just don't want it to be, like, a total pitch fest. It's weird how I am about the money side of this whole industry. I just don't, like. It's I love the microphone part. (laughs) And so uh, so that and then a few months ago, um, another guy, John Lee Dumas, who runs Entrepreneur on Fire, has another big podcast. He and I were in Denver at an event together and we started talking about like we need to fix podcasting because it's it's there's so much bad information going on everywhere. um, And people doing things that they shouldn't. They're paying attention to the wrong things. They're not they're not looking at media or radio for inspiration. They're looking at other podcasters. And when you look at other podcasters, these people have only been doing it for a year. They don't know what they're doing. They have no idea. So we said, let's figure out how to, let's figure out how to up the game a little bit. And so we started this uh, one day workshop, like intensive podcasting workshop called pod mastery. And that is another monetization, but it's also another, it's great. which is like a one day training. We're about to do one uh, in about a week. In L.A., we did one in San Diego. We've got uh, one thinking about uh, Boston and maybe Chicago around podcast movement. So we're uh, we're doing these and really, really enjoying this experience of like these these great one day workshops. So that is right now the four ways that I'm monetizing my own show. And then, like I said, I've just launched another show with a celebrity. And that one that one's ramping up very quickly. And we think that we'll be able to do you know, six figures of ad revenue per month with that show in, you know, hopefully within like six months. So that'll be really good as well.
1: That is incredible with all of the, with everything you've got going on and the information flow you must get subjected to on a daily basis. Um, how do you stay on top of all of that? How do you balance it all? How do you manage it all? Um,
2: I think the, I mean, I don't know that it's quite as extreme as one might think. Uh, it's, I don't know that I, if you, actually, what I'll tell you what I do. I, I can tell you exactly is I ignore almost every bit of it. Uh, I don't, I don't, um, I don't listen to anybody else's podcasts that are in the entrepreneurial space at all. Um, I do make an exception every once in a while for Tim Ferriss. Cause I just think I like his guests. Uh, but otherwise almost everything I listen to is comedy or something car related. And uh, or pop culture or something like that. So like Here's the Thing by Alec Baldwin is, is a great one or or, um, or Off Camera with Sam Jones. Like if you want to learn how to really interview someone, listen to those two shows. And that's – that's you I, you want to go to the best people, not the not the marketing people because, no, again, nobody knows what they're doing. I would say 97% of marketing podcasters have no idea what they're doing. Um, so I don't listen to much of that stuff. And – when you ask me if I've read this person's book or seen their thing or whatever, it's mostly no, because I just haven't. I just don't have. It. And I think in, in a way, that selective ignorance really helps with the, the, the uniqueness of my voice and who I am, because I'm not influenced by by a bunch of people like that, you know. And I do find that I'm very easily influenced. I can listen to a comic and like I hear myself. I hear the intonation in my voice. If I watch too many of John Lee Dumas' Snapchats, I start talking like a weird main guy. So I don't (laughs) want to do that. Yeah, you know, I just don't. I'm very, I'm very, like, adaptable in that way. So um, I do tend to ignore that. Mashable, I get a lot of my news from Mashable.com, and that's about it. So, yeah, selective ignorance is the answer to your question.
1: Selective ignorance, great great strategy. Who is an ideal listener for your show, and then who is an ideal uh, client to work with you?
2: Uh, uh, My ideal listener are are finding themselves uh, unemployable because they've started to read too many of the books. You know, they've read Rich Dad, Poor Dad and Cashflow Quadrant and E-Myth Revisited and 4-Hour Workweek. And they're going back to work to their middle manager and going, this is not what it's supposed to be. And then as they start attending events and they start meeting people that are living a, a, a great life, time freedom, location freedom, financial freedom. They go, what am I doing? How am I doing this? <clears throat> so they listen to the show, and, and hopefully within a few months, they go from being just unemployable to proudly unemployable. And and they're, they're my constituency, if you will, in this election year. And my ideal coaching client is – honestly, I don't have a – I'm right now in Solo Lab. But we have people that are launching podcasts, writing books, making products like, you know, we have a jeweler that's, that's building his business. Um, we're, all over, we're all over the map. So I don't have – here's the thing. <clears throat> with um, with the solopreneur specifically, to, to me what that is is that when you hire someone's business but you really get them, that's a solopreneur. So it could be an actor or it could be a marketer or an author or a comedian or an athlete. Those are all solopreneurs. And <clears throat> what they have in common – is that they have to brand and market themselves in a very similar way. They have to, the way they have to show up in the world is so similar if they want to have a career. So I can, I can literally show you what a comedian has to do and then what a real estate agent has to do and lay those things over each other and go, oh, that's like exactly the same. So it's, it, de- define those, that line, um, between all of these different disparate careers is what really the success of the show hinges on, is that, that you guys are in this thing together. You may not realize it right now, but <clears throat> when it comes to how to promote and market and, and again, show up in the world, that's it's got to be similar. So, so I don't have an ideal other than they've got to be, they can't be an ask hole, meaning they can't ask a question, get an answer, and then do nothing with it. And they are, have to be coachable. They have to understand that that I'm not like when, when I'm not a uh, I'm not a softy kind of coach. I, I don't I don't coddle too much. I'm like, you know what? Do you mind if I check in with you right now? I really am feeling like you uh, your heart's centered. Your, your heart's not centered over what you're doing. Right That's not how I coach at all. I'm like, dude, this is what needed to happen you're, you're not doing it. And this is why you're not getting the results you want. So that that is either the perfect kind of coaching for people. Or it's the exact opposite of what they need. So uh, as long as those people dig that and they're kind of my kind of people, then then uh, we're good to go.
1: And what is the first step you would want them to take?
2: Typically, the first thing we work on in Solo Lab is brand, because people haven't spent enough time or energy on their brand. And like, let's look at um, entrepreneurial podcasts. If we will, when you look at iTunes, there's literally thousands. It's it's not even that's not there's no hyperbole there. There's literally thousands of like entrepreneurial shows that are set to inspire. Um, And it's okay. Well, then then what happens? How 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 is this particular show different from the other 74 that claimed the exact same thing? And so that's the part where we've got to dig in and really work on finding their voice and their uniqueness in this, uh, in this space. And, and there's still some wiggle room, but there's not a lot, I think, in, at least in the entrepreneurial space. I, I think I was lucky to get in at 2013 before the massive tidal wave came in. So I would already had, I'd already latched on to a group of people, but, but it's, 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 it's becoming more and more difficult, um, to, to, do something similar to other people and get traction from it to work on their brand.
1: Okay. Got it. And what else would you like to share with them that I didn't think to ask you? <laughs> um,
2: how long do you have? Um, I mean, we're, you know, it's a, it's, it's deep and complex and, and it's, It's one of those things that I think that um, when you say when you say them, are you talking about your listeners or coaching? Yes,
1: Yes, our listeners.
2: Um, Don't take advice from broke, unhappy people. I think we do that too much. I think that that uh, that's the first thing. And, And the second thing is don't be afraid to go back to, you know, people always talk about you've got to find your passion, you've got to do this. And I think there's you, that that is true. Don't be afraid to look back into your history of what your life was like before kids or before responsibilities, before any of that. So what were you doing? Like, what was your life like? And if you miss something, if you used to fly fish or ride a BMX bike or, you know, skateboard or whatever you used to do, dance, ballet, you know, ride a horse, consider going and doing that again. Doesn't matter what age you are now or what you're doing or What your life is like, you know. um, Find some time. I'm gonna I'm gonna drop another little knowledge bomb after this. um, Make the time to do it because you're gonna find that it's gonna really reset your soul, and that is what's important here: is to to be happy with your life. Uh, uh, This thing is very complicated when you are trying to start a business as a solopreneur, entrepreneur, or whatever. It's complicated. There's a ton of new data you have to learn every single day. And there's a lot of skills that you are being asked to to do that you you don't have yet. And so it's, you can't, you've got to be able to take that and go, yeah, this is just how this is. This is not frustrating. I'm not going to complain about anything at all. I'll tell you, um, the most, one of the the biggest factors and the most successful people I know is they never complain. They just don't. It's just part of who they are. It's funny. I just heard Gary Vee talking about this the other day. They just don't complain. It's very true. The other, the other tendency that really successful people have, and this is a huge one in your life, is that successful people say yes first and then figure out how to make it work after that, and most quote-unquote normal people will say maybe, and they'll think of 10 ways why they can't do something. Too much money. I can't get the time off. My kids need blah 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 blah, versus a successful person goes yeah, and then they figure it out, and they figure it out every single time. So that's a huge one for me. And then, and finally, um, I will say don't prioritize your schedule. Schedule your priorities. Do not.
1: That's a writer downer right there. Yeah.
2: Um, don't prioritize your schedule. Schedule your priorities. If you find yourself saying I'm too busy for dates or friends or kids, then you're not scheduling your priorities. Um, there's that great video of that guy putting the, the, you know, the big rocks, then the small rocks, and then the sand yes. inside the bottle. And you've got to make sure you schedule those big rocks. And those, break, those big rocks need to include you know, your time at the gym and your reading time, if you want to read, or your studying time, or you're practicing your instrument, or spending time with your kids. Those are the big rocks. Make sure those get on your schedule because if they don't, all of the little rocks and all of the sand will fill those spaces in, and you will not do the things you need to be doing.
1: Great advice, fascinating interview, incredible story. Uh, where do you want our listeners to go? Uh, do you want them to go to the website? Do you want them to go to the podcast? Where do you want them to go first?
2: I think if they, if you can just type in "solo hour" anywhere, and it'll, it'll, it'll take you either to the website or to my Snapchat, which is very entertaining. Uh, or to Twitter or Facebook or you name it. It's all there. Instagram. Solo Hour.
1: Okay. This has been Seth Green here with Michael O'Neill from Solo Hour. Michael, thank you so much for joining us.
2: Seth, I do appreciate it. It's been a pleasure.
1: Thanks, everybody, for listening. We'll talk to you next time.